Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. This is for you. This is for you and me and who we see when we see each other. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. And you're not crazy anymore, you've been waiting at the door. And it's time to open. Oh, you bet it is. It is time to open. This is the time in our lives when we can start to enjoy extraordinary results. You're listening to Waking Up in America, Dynamic Radio Dialogues on Life Today in America, brought to you by www.drvaleriannee.com. HGHBreakthrough.com. That's all about reversing your aging, folks. And it's working. I was looking at myself in the mirror this morning. I'm getting terrific here. I loved myself 20 years ago. It's getting better all the time. It's also brought to you by Key Media, RandyShannon.com, and that's Randy with an I and two M's, Bragg.com, Happily200.com, TheConingCompany.com, Sir Jason Winter T. And drbell.com and doctor is all spelled out. Every one of these companies that I have mentioned here will can create staggering results in your life um, as far as re re enhancing uh, your body. Your body's been de- being depleted by life by um, poor information and uh, by the fact that things that are really good for for you have been shielded from you. Well, we're putting the light on a lot of things, including. <laughs> the 238 pedophiles that were uh, arrested in Hollywood in the last week, and I guess some of them are supposed to be very big-name people. The swamp, the swamp really is being um, is being cleaned. And uh, congratulations that they're now behind bars. Permanently, I hope. One of them mm-hmm. that really moved me, Randy, was um, it, it just. I, <laughs> Some Australian guy flew in from another country so he could buy a six-year-old boy for the evening. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's my understanding that there is a congressman, a U.S. congressman, that's being watched right now. He crosses actually over into Mexico and gets, you know, 12- and 13-year-olds. Right. Well, I bet there's more than one that's being watched, okay? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. This happens to know that it's about to come to an end. Being watched, I thought it was way more than that because I already know that a large number have been arrested. I don't know. I, I, I guess we're supposed to look and see if our congressperson disappeared or not in the night. Anyway, you can see we're coming in from all over the place here. We've got John Wayne with us. You'll, you'll love it to hear his voice again and to hear his story. And uh, I, I think that's called a doppelganger, isn't it? Where you have a replicate person. Does anybody know? I- that's the right word. Paul knows for sure. Paul knows what's a doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> and a doppelganger. The, the the pedophilia problem uh, is reaching cataclysmic proportions. Uh, pedophilia. The, when I'm talking about John Wayne. 
Well, <laughs> Pilgrim. <laughs> Pilgrim. <laughs> is a is John is 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 a duplicate person a doppelganger? That was the question, Paul. Oh, well, you know, that's a complicated question considering the fact that he lived uh, in Newport Beach, California. Um, That was his home. I really don't know, you know. What about Lonnie? Lonnie would probably know the answer to that. Yeah, doppelganger is a double. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a doppelganger. Yes, thank you, Lonnie. Doppelganger, sound (laughs) off so they can hear what I'm talking about. John Wayne, please speak. John? Where are you? I'm here. Yeah? So so do your thing so that they can hear the doppelganger. It's going to introduce you about what you're up to. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I want you to I'm here. Hear your thing, John, so that people... I guess we'll have to belly up to the bar and buy the house around again. Yeah, see? <laughs> You've got it here. There, there's more than one person all over the place. You've heard about um, different clones. This guy's a clone. He's a, he's a, they're doubles. <laughs> As you were saying on the, earlier on the show, John, you were saying um, that... Uh, you know, I forgot. <laughs> well, Jerry, he we talked bad. last night. And you were the. He said you, you, want, you 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 were the real person, and he was the actor. That's right. Now, the, the other guy is just an actor. His real name is Mary Morrison. My name is John Wayne. Yep. And uh, John mm-hmm. Wayne, what, Sherry? Would you introduce this remarkable? double here because this double has done different work than John Wayne the other John Wayne that the actor this man has done something else and we want our listening audience to know about that today well John Wayne is quite a guy he is from uh, New York born in New York and he um, was in the military he uh, moved to Texas where he absolutely feels right at home he built his own home there He's a musician, and he's a songwriter, and he is definitely a seeker of the truth from, over, from um, overreaching government. So he has helped me with information, and we were discussing some issues yesterday about Val's situation, and he had brought up some uh, experiences that he had um, from his own uh, seeking, so... I felt like he would be able to enlighten us this morning on some things that he has experienced. So why don't you um, ask him about those things, and you have uh, and, and and create a dialogue, and we'll join in when we have questions. And uh, okay. let's right now it is seven thirteen. So why don't we go? Why don't you take this conversation to seven twenty? Okay, John. Um, why don't you share with us your experience about um, the tax deferral affidavit and also your experience with the utility company? All right. Well, Jerry and I was talking last night, and she wanted me to write a little short bio of myself and, uh, you know, I guess tell my stories. And, and, and I didn't send her anything, so I, I'll just go ahead and tell you 
what my story is and, and how I came to know the truth. And that is one day I was watching TV and Obama came on and uh, he was giving a speech. And he was talking about this great democracy we live in. And I hollered out loud. I said, it's a republic, not a democracy. And so I, I, was, I was just just getting to learn how to use the internet. A friend of mine, you know, got me all hooked up. I'm all wireless and everything. I use my TV for the, for the monitor. And I, I always wanted to know what is Columbia doing with a district in my country? You know, what is Washington DC? And, and that's what got me going down the rabbit hole and come to find out you know, the truth about what, what Washington, D.C. is in the United States and, you know, how it's, a, it's, it's been incorporated and um, come to find out that my spirit has been starving for the truth all of my life because I knew there was something wrong, but I just didn't know what it was. And, and when I found out what they did with my name, it, it it became a a spiritual adventure for me because I, I was feeding my spirit. And after doing some research and learning certain things, I, I told myself one day it was time to pay the light bill. I'm like, well, wait a minute. If this, that, and the other is true, then I've got a question for my public utility provider. And so I called them up and I told them I need to speak to a supervisor. And they gave me a supervisor. And she said, well, just to verify, she said, can you give me the name of the account? Well, I, I knew the name of the account wasn't my name. And I knew what the name of the account was. So I gave it to her. And she asked me for the last four to social. And I gave her that. And she came back and she said, John. And I realized she called me my given name. And I said, yes, that's me. She said, well, how can I help you today? And I said, well, I've got a question for you, but before I ask you this question, I want to give you my understanding of how I believe things really are. And she said, okay, how's that? And I said, well, in 1933, they took us off the gold standard. I said, when they did that, they left everyone unable to pay their debts. But they gave us a remedy, and the remedy was they issued indemnity bonds to everyone, which is an instrument to discharge our debt through since we're no longer able to pay them. And I said, that's the birth certificate. I said, now what you're sending me at home is a statement. I said, a statement is evidence that the true bill associated with this account had already been discharged through that bond. I said, now that name on that screen you're looking at on this account, I said, that's not my name. I said, that's the name of my indemnity bond. I said, my question to you is, can you please check your records to see if the true bill associated with this account had indeed been discharged through that bond? And the first time I did that, they put me on hold for 10 minutes. And they came back and they said, yes, sir. And I said, 
So I don't owe you nothing right now. They said, no, sir, not till next month. And I'm like, well, just just don't turn my lights out. And they said, no, sir, we're not gonna we're not gonna disconnect your services. Is there anything else I can help you with? And and I had my card ready to pay. And I felt like telling her, yeah, you, you can help me pick my damn jaw up off the ground. What you can help me with? <laughs> and, and, and we hung up, you know. And so I'm sitting on my patio, going, holy smokes, you know, it's true. Everything is prepaid. Because I remember when I was in high school, there was a, a, a news reporter interviewing a politician. And I remember it like it was yesterday because the politician told the news reporter with a with a smirk on his face, he said, well, the problem is people just don't know the right questions to ask. You know, well, so... The What's second the month rolled around. The second month rolled around, and by that time, the statement came in the mail. It had zeros all over the place, and so I called them up again, and they told me that it's it's been discharged, and I don't know anything till next month. And so I hung up with them. I said, "Well, wait a minute. My land's in that all capital letter name." So I called my tax assessor collector. And I told her what I told the light, the light company, the supervisor. He said, well, sir, I don't know what to tell you because I've never heard of nothing like that before. I said, well, I'll tell you another thing, ma'am. I said, that name that's on this deed is to be given the full faith and credit of the United States. I said, if it's not, that's a felony. And when I told her that, she said, well, there is a paper you can come out here and fill out. I'm not supposed to tell you, but you can fill it out and you no longer be liable for your taxes. And I told her I'd be there in about 15 minutes. <laughs> when, I, when I got there, she had the notary waiting for me. And she gave me a piece of paper. She says, all you have to do is write your name, the legal description, and the address. So I put my name properly. I put it in upper and lowercase. And I handed it back to her, and she looked at it, and she smiled at me. She handed it to the notary. The notary stamped it, and then she stamped it, and they made a copy. And I said, so I'm not liable for these taxes no more, right? She said, no, sir, you're not. And I didn't even read the paper, really, until I got home. And it was an affidavit, it was a tax deferral affidavit. You know, John, I actually... Tried what you did with our county assessor's office, and they mm -hmm. said the tax deferral department of the state of California. And what they said was, because maybe I didn't have the right things to say to them, what they said was is they do tax deferrals for elderly people, and that um, those tax deferrals, um, there was no discharging of such. It was being that would actually be gathered up against the property and that I guess upon your death or something would be collected. But it I don't I didn't I don't know if it's not available in California or if I don't have the magic words, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, you know, I I was kind of amazed myself, you know, you know I, I felt like I was being led by the spirit that I, I was thinking, you know, I I don't I don't know how did you even formulate that question. You know, I, 
I mean, it, it amazed me that I was able, even able to formulate that question. I mean, who I would know. call the light company up and ask a question like that? <laughs> I totally get it. And and uh, if you have any forms or anything you signed, anything like that, that you'd like to forward to us so we can actually give people access, uh, a lot of stuff happens through the tax uh, through the tax assessor's office that I'm finding that out right now. And in my particular case, uh, John, <laughs> I actually want, I'm done. I, I'm tired of this. I've been going on this conversation for nine and a half years. So what I actually did in my case, because I've been in foreclosure off and on for nine and a half years, I decided to go for clear title. And what the decision I actually made this week was to do a quit claim, quit claim on my house and grant it. To uh, the Golden Hearts Foundation, and I believe that takes care of everything for me. Uh, any comments, you guys, on what we've been saying? All, um, Sherry, Randy, Juan. Yeah, I want to jump in. I mean, it's just amazing, and and I think if you could teach that to people, you could free the world. You, well, I mean, everyone in your entire state would do it for sure. Well, because we know it works in Texas. That's where you're at, John, is Texas? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to try this out state by state, you guys, because I'm one of the things I'm really discovering is we're, the world is not just full of crooked, crooked people. It's full of people that have been trained in a way that doesn't access the truth that, that, that we're all looking for. So when you go over to the people and the officials, and uh, actually when I was talking to the women in the assessor's office, uh, I heard, I said, I think I hear God in your voice. Is that true? And she goes, praise the Lord! Okay? <laughs> if you start listening, you can hear you can hear people reaching out to you. When I was at the bankruptcy court, uh, and I was filing the papers, and I said, I'm just getting a stay so I can file some paperwork. She goes, really? She says, they're just... Uh, they're doing things they're not supposed to be doing, and it's really bad. That's the clerk at the bankruptcy building. And, by the way, these are the best people to make friends with. If you go to court, make friends with the bailiff. Make a joke with them. Whether it's a woman or a man, just make friends with the bailiff because they can do things that can help you. And there are people beginning to um, have the courage to reach out, and there are people already that have just been reaching out, but nobody's really getting the power of what it is that they're doing. So... I don't know, um, as of as of um, Monday morning, I will no longer own my house, and I'm fine with that. The 501c3 that I own will own my house. I'll be a resident here. But th- there's so many different possibilities and solutions. Lonnie, I've got that, that waiver <clears throat> that you sent me. Right. Little red thumbprints all over it. I'm following that, too. Okay. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, the thumbprint is uh, can take the place of using a notary, because what's better to to uh, to, to uh, determine who you are than your thumbprint? Well, what was funny, Lonnie, is I took that. I took. I took, I was going to make sure they can't steal my house next week, right? So I took the spiritual waiver that you gave me. I did a quit claim de- deed to um, my ha- uh, my I gave my house to the 501c3, and then also I have a ten million dollar lien. And when I took them in, the ten million dollar lien was notarized. Uh, the 
the quick claim deem was notarized, and she looked at that thing that we had created, you know, the waiver, and she says, I can't notarize that. And I said, I don't think you have to. And so right. you verified that. Yes, that's correct. All we have to do is throw all these different things. <laughs> Jerry, yesterday you were about putting meets and bounds on the house. Yes. You want to say more than yes? <laughs> well, I I was studying a little bit about that last night, and I didn't really learn a lot about what I had shared with you about just putting it on the house. Um, everything that I was reading didn't mention that. <clears throat> it kept mentioning um, putting the meets and bounds on the property line. Yeah, that's and, what I... Yes. So that was all I was finding. So that's why I, you know, was interested in getting Contessa on because she's the one that is actually doing it. And I wanted her to share her experience, but she never got back to me. Okay. So, well, we'll Contessa. Contessa is one of um, both of our followers. Uh, she follows, yes. follows me on Twitter and I guess Sherry on Facebook. So, uh, and she sounds like a very smart person. So we tried to get her on here this morning because as these things that we are talking about become apparent, uh, the swamp gets revealed. The the players get pulled or they get dried out, you know? It's happening all over the place right now. And uh, Tim Turner uh, was elected head of the Republic for the United States of America and then placed in prison because he was giving them too much trouble. He's in Marion uh, Prison right now. (laughs) Uh, we, We communicate. I actually sent him uh, a funny story. I actually sent him um, a Zimbabwe note for $200 million. And and their Department of Prisons sent it back saying that you couldn't send prisoners money. I thought that was cool. They recognized Zimbabwe currency as money. (laughs) So with that, I'm just mentioning the global reset. I'm going to say it's going to be happening according to the rules now. They're saying it's 100% in... Um, etched in stone that the the numbers are already in the banks to be released, folks. Paul, do you know anything about any of that, the Zimbabwe or the Iraqi dinar? Do you know anything about the currencies? Um, no, not particularly. You know, my concern through uh, this total dialogue that's been going on uh, about home ownership is uh, the reality that Every state operates in a different fashion, and there are no federal statutes or mandates dictating how home ownership is going to be administered in a given state. However, the reason for that is that it puts everybody on shifty ground, and the government can come in and exercise eminent domain in an instant, whether you're listed as the owner of the home or not. So, you know, no one is really safe because of that. But about Zimbabwe, no, I, I don't know anything about that particular issue except that it's bubbling to the surface. Yeah, to- so many different coming in, and you can look at it through so many different points of view. The deal is, though, if if you're in a foreclosure situation, uh, by the way, I thought, lean, Lonnie, when we were talking about the lien, it would ta- last a while. Um, what Larry was telling me, and he's inside the system operating, he thinks that we're a bit nuts, but since I'm a dear friend of his, he feeds me a lot of information. Uh, 
so he says that it, uh, a lien only lasts four months. Do you know anything about that? No, I think once once a lien's recorded, uh, it's not it's not temporary. It's, it lasts. Uh, I've checked at least in this state, in New Mexico, it lasts un- until you rescind it. Well, something's going on here because Larry practices in federal court all the time. He's he's one of the guys you think is corrupt. I've just informed him that he's just. Uh, hasn't opened up his mind to other possibilities. You know, attorneys have the ability of sound certain about everything they say, and he sounds certain about everything I've known. Uh, he said since I've known him, but at the same time, because we're such close friends, we don't have to agree, and it actually teaches each other. He was actually telling me I had re- mentioned the Wellencamp decision in the seventies. I don't know if you guys knew about that, but what happened in the seventies was. If you had a friend who couldn't qualify for a loan to buy your house, you could actually quit claim the house to your friend. You would be um, you would be liable for the for the monthly payment if they didn't make it. But the bank actually had to accept them whether they wanted to or not. That was the Wellencamp decision. So I got two of my friends that I knew darn well would take care of their bills, and I got them both into homes. And when I mentioned the quick claim deed, oh, Larry said, well, you could actually, since you have a 501c3, quick claim it to your foundation. Uh, and then that would, I don't know how it's going to affect the tax rolls yet, but it ends my suffering as far as these guys being after me because I don't own the house anymore. So if you have a foundation or a 501c3 with the government, that's one of your options. Uh, you can check in your state, but if a, if a, a mechanics lien uh, only lasts four months, which is what Larry's saying is true here in, in California. California is an extremely corrupt state. We lead the nation in corruption. We've now got a governor who's making foreign deals, and uh, as Paul, I think you call him Governor Moonbeam. <laughs> you know what you just mentioned. He's at it again. <laughs> California is a hugely corrupt state. One of the problems in Southern California is the historical Mexican land grant legacy. Uh, The other problem is that California was the first state to experiment with leasehold property in which you do not own the land on which your structure sits. You own the structure, but you pay a fee every month for use of the land. And again, that's the Pun is bad, but it's shifty soil. Uh-huh, I get it. I get it. And so, so the point we're making here is this isn't, every state is not the same. So what we're doing is we're dropping you information. You can track it down and you can follow it down the line to see what applies in your state. Now, Mr. Wayne, in in your state, your state has been known for being a leader in a lot of things. Uh, I, I know that Austin, Texan, Texas, is considered, I think, the second best city in the uh, in the world to live in in in, in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, you got a lot of interesting stuff going on. You got that blonde bombshell mayor, uh, or, uh, who said Sharia law is not happening in my city. You've got <laughs> you've got the Alamo. You got guys and women that stand up. Uh, what what do you have to recommend to us, Mister Mister Wayne? Is he gone? Can you hear me? Oh no! Yeah. Now he's back. Good. No, we couldn't. 
Yeah, like like we were talking last night, you know. Uh, to me, everybody has the same problem, and and that is when we was born, there was a trespass committed against each and every one of us, and, and that trespass was when they trespassed on our given name. Now that that given name is God's property that was bestowed on each one of us. To touch that is touching God's property. So, so they, they trespassed on that given name, and they added it to the worldly secular surname. And they took the surname and placed it over and above our given names, capitalized it, taught us in school that that's who we were, that we had a first, middle, and last name. Well, men and women don't have first, middle, and last names. We have a given name and a family name. The family name doesn't belong to us because it's shared by everybody in the family. So it's the only name we have is, is our first name. Now, that, that, that's the problem everybody's having. And when, when you walk over and step over that problem, you start talking about your car and your house and your land and your boat. Well, you're missing the point. To me, what what the what the rally cry should be is, what the hell are you doing touching my property like that without asking me? Uh. You know, we, we know the game. It, it used to be a secret. The cat's out of the bag. You took our money. You took our land. You taught us how to live like fictions. Now that we know... What we want to know is, are we slaves or are we free? <laughs> you, you think that's a question? They think we're slaves, for God's sake. Uh, well, we let's put it on the record, and, and, and that way we know where we stand. I saw a banker's mm -hmm. letter, 1980, uh, uh, from 1890, and the banker's letter was talking about U.S. citizens like they were pigs or cattle or something like that, and that, that that they were using us as collateral on loans. Uh, Sherry or Lonnie or um, Randy, do you have any comments on being used as you know collateral for, for loans or anything else you want to say? I just want to get to the bottom of it. I want the system exposed, and I think enough. We are in a time of people getting woke up to this. So whatever, you know, the woman that said, oh, I'm not really supposed to tell you this to John Wayne. And, you know, John, you said something interesting uh, off here. You were the original John Wayne, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Um, you know, why are those people out there saying, oh, I was told not to tell you this? Start talking. Whoever's listening or whoever knows someone who's in those fields, tell them to start talking, hearing information. Who died and made any of them God and Lord over us? No one that, you know, I mean, there's no one more special than the other. So open it up, flood the gates, drain the swamp, let's move, let's go. If this is all real, uh, which I definitely believe um, that there is something there for us to all know, then let's let's find out. Why are we waiting any longer? Let's well, go. Well, I think it's beginning to crack up and loosen up because with uh, I gave you a figure of 238 on the pedophiles. 
we have over like 5,000 pedophiles that have been arrested in the entertainment industry and in the country, as and in the educational system, the governmental system, and that, I believe, is since the first part of the year. And these pedophiles were... Um, doing lots of things to satisfy each other. We don't have to go into the details again about what it's like. The thing I think is really standing out in my mind listening to this conversation, in our state we call ourselves our counties counties. In other states we have parishes. There's all kinds of varieties. So out of our mouths comes the experiences that each of us have had within our state. And what's going to happen is, is we're going to need to have states exploring you know, different people in different states helping us. Uh, I've created a group of people called Legal Beagles. <laughs> Whether you know it, Lonnie, you're one of them. Sherry knows she's a Legal Beagle. Randy knows she is. So am I. And so if you want to join the Legal Beagles, what we're doing is we're digging up information just like Mr. Wayne here. And you're going to have to do that little missy thing before you leave the show, John, just so you know. Okay? Uh, All right. <laughs> right, because that's... It's, it's, I love John Wayne. I mean, I have to tell you, I saw him with um, Catherine Hepburn. Uh, I, I just, is, it, it was an, ama- uh, an amazing man, and I think that of, of the, when you think of a tall, quiet, strong man, it's got to be John Wayne. John Wayne has got to be, as like the American Eagle, John Wayne has got to be one of the patriots of of the world, so lucky you that you uh, you came to follow through on him because we needed him. He went away, and we needed him. Uh, well, I love you, a little messy. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Lonnie, uh, you're. I know that you're just a pack of stuff sitting over there waiting to explode. And also, Paul Breath. Oh, it's mm. interesting. You know, we had an airport. Once upon a time, named after John Wayne. It's yeah, you don't have it anymore. You had John Wayne Airport. And the big change. bronze statue was there. Now it's listed as SNA Santa Ana Airport. Well, that's a disappointment. Yeah. I think you should reclaim the airport there. Might as well. <laughs> that's the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. Both of you, uh, Paul lives in uh, Orange County. And uh, you should get together with John Wayne and get your airport back, buddy. We'll put you back. <laughs> <Yeah. down. laughs> My so, father was a drinking buddy of John Wayne's. Wow. My father lived in Newport Beach, about five or six minutes away from John Wayne. And one day they met in a bar and became drinking buddies. Is it for a surprise, Paul? Uh, my father was very, very proud of that. I never had the opportunity to meet the Pilgrim, but uh, they were good friends. Oh, that's very cool. Wow, amazing. I want to ask you a, a question, Lonnie. I I was talking with Sherry last night, and she said that you ha- I don't know if she used the term explosion or not, but an explosion of, of, of information that you were containing, an explosion of something, of in, you were bursting with information. What are you bursting on this morning? <laughs> well, I know the, uh, I've, I've learned from listening to, uh, to Randy's call-in show when she had for a few years that the birth certificate, certificate of live birth, 
uh, you know, especially the birth certificate uh, is printed on bond paper and it's become a security uh, traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And so when you securitize uh, and bond a person's life and then you sell it on a uh, uh, corporate uh, stock exchange, uh, nothing good can happen. Now, this applies to everything. You know, we've been talking about how different states are different things. This applies to everybody in the United States, right? It's not just one specific state or ten specific states. It applies to everyone who has a birth certificate. I have a grandson who was born on a rest stop on Highway 101 who has no birth certificate. So at this point, he is not being securitized as a security on the New York Stock Exchange. What happens when he gets a driver's license later or something like that? Well, you know, that's a good question. Hopefully by that time, uh, the Republic will be reestablished and we'll get rid of this United States corporation that we're all suffering under right now. Because, you know, you have to remember, the word government means, govern means uh, to control, and meant means mind. So you have mind control from any government. Huh. Uh-huh. And, and basically... That you know, that's that's really why governments are created to control us, and they've done a great job, haven't they? <laughs> well, especially with our expansion into communication and stuff. I was actually <laughs> thinking about when you were talking. I was thinking about uh, something that Abraham Lincoln said. You know, he said he was war- more worried because I don't consider him corrupt. I consider him perhaps misdirected. He said that he was actually more worried about the people in office serving with him and trusting them than he was about any attack from outside of, uh, of, of the states or in the states. That the people that had to be kept an eye on were the people in office. And I think pretty much Eisenhower said something similar to that, too. So it's not like every person... When we say government and we go corrupt... Uh, there are some very significant people that may not have been absolutely, quotes perfect human beings. Uh, at the same time, they really were wanting to represent the American people. And you could call those maybe Lincoln. You could also call them uh, Kennedy. And I, my big concern is actually whether somebody's going to be successful in assassinating Donald Trump because he's doing everything Kennedy did. So, Paul, do you have any comments on that? Well, you know, um, in many ways, uh, Donald Trump uh, is his own model, but he does modify his thinking, and he does follow some of the approaches of Kennedy. Uh, It's a little-known fact that in uh, 1962, uh, in an attempt to control what the White House felt was uh, an out-of-control steel industry, Uh, John Kennedy had the IRS call the CEOs and chairman of the board of every steel industry at midnight to uh, try them and pull them into line uh, vis-a-vis their spending. That particular mindset, in many ways, 
you know, has drifted down, and uh, Trump, to some extent, uses that mindset in some of his activities uh, as a model. But um, I think if we're going to look at metaphors of presidents, uh, the Reagan mindset uh, is the one to which uh, I think Trump most closely adheres. But on any given day... You call the Reagan mindset. Well, the Reagan mindset is the Republican mindset, but his own mindset was that uh, the White House uh, and the president reigns supreme, and the president has the last word. (laughs) Well, that's what it's supposed to be, for God's sake. Well, uh, you may or may not know that legislation went through in 1973, fundamentally indemnifying a president, a sitting president, from uh, any criminal conviction while he's president. Oh, wow. Well, let's get that one appealed. Um, That actually was broadcast to the general public. Uh, I don't know whether it was One American News or whether it was Fox. I think it was Fox. And it may have been the Sean Hannity program, but uh, I do recall seeing trails of that about two weeks ago. But that whole mix is very important because Trump is learning to be president. At the same time, he's melding his managerial mindset, running a $40 billion empire, uh, and seeing how it can fit into uh, the White House's management. And I think he's doing a fairly good job of incorporating the two. But the result of that is uh, a business corporate mindset with a presidential mindset. And that's going to be an interesting hybrid. I'm loving what President Trump is doing. Um, just in the last week, he gave a speech to the Cuban Americans, which I had a, I didn't, I hadn't watched it, and a friend of mine called me from Las Vegas and said, "Did you see the speech?" I said, "No," and she said, "That speech brought me to tears." And this is not somebody that has anything to do with people coming to our country at all. I mean, she's no. You're absolutely right. It was very, very compassionate, extremely compassionate speech, but. You know, walk softly and carry a big stick. He walked he softly and then pulled out the big stick, repealing yeah. repealing uh, the Obama uh, situation with Cuba. He's Which taking was a very... Horrible. Well, was yes, horrible. He's, ta- he's taking a very it? hard stand, and uh, he's not going to uh, deal with Cuba um, on the same level that the Obama administration would have because he wants communism out of Cuba. But at the same time, there was a political intent to the speech. Part of the mm-hmm. political intent was that Florida uh, helped to elect him. Number two, the governor of Florida is being encouraged to run for the Senate. He wants to support that. And he very, very much wants to support Marco Rubio, who incidentally gave him an incredible introduction, but he wants to continue supporting Marco Rubio um, as a senator because he sees uh, a long-term 
uh, alliance between uh, Rubio and himself. He sees Rubio as a pivotal supporter for his activities in the White House. I want to so, jump right. I want to jump in because Paul, if you remember in the speech, and for those that you know didn't hear it, Donald Trump mentions a man named Carlos Costa. Well, that's correct. Carlos Costa was a hero, and I have a direct relation to Carlos Costa. And it absolutely moves me. I get emotional when I think about it. Carlos Costa, along with three other men, flew seaplanes over the ocean between America and Cuba. And they would get the people that stranded off of the path of the currents. The currents will bring them to America, but there's other currents that will take them off into Never Never Land, and they will not live. That's correct. Yes. There is a man, a father, to Natalie Mora. Natalie Mora has dated my son since she was 15. They're 21 now. Natalie Mora would not be here today, but Carlos Costa saved his life. Natalie's father wrote a song... And it was against Fidel Castro. Castro threw him in prison for over a year. He escaped. He built a rickety little boat. The motor died right away. He had one uh, adult relative and a child with him. And he left Cuba because he knew he would be killed in prison if he had stayed. He got on a boat. Oh, he, was, he was up for execution. He was marked for yes, execution. There's no, no issue there. No issue so there. So, Carlos... He was nine days on the water, no, no food, no drink. Everything had run out. The motor had died immediately, and they were near death, delusional, seeing things. They were almost gone. Carlos Costa landed the plane, picked him up, took him to the Keys, took him to an undisclosed location where they fed them, and they put a robe on him. That's all they had, and then they set him loose. Carlos Costa saved his life, and that's what I love about Donald Trump is that he knew about Carlos Costa and the other people, and he brought the live family members there. Why is Carlos Costa dead? Because he w- his plane and the other three planes were shot down and they were murdered in the skies, and nobody did anything about it. They looked the other way and let it happen, and thousands of Cubans have died because of it. And they are only escaping tyranny. And today, Natalie Mora is here, dating my son, and she's a, an amazing person. Well, it's partly because of those abuses that uh, uh, Trump negated all of the soft peddling uh, of uh, Obama vis-a-vis Cuba. He's taking a very hard line, and, you know, I applaud him for it, and the Cuban-American community in Florida applaud him for it. But... One other story emerged from that speech, and that was the violinist. You know about the violinist? Yes, yes. The little uh, little 12-year-old boy, he's 12 years old, and he's asked to play the violin at a communist, basically a, a big communist gathering, and the first piece he plays is the American National anthem, our national okay. anthem. And the same violinist, the little 12-year-old, was there at the speech and played on the same violin the national anthem. Did that baby cry? 
That it was, was amazing. He's a grown man now, and uh, when he was 12 years old, they demanded that he play, and that's when he they they actually he had said no, and they barged into his house, all the guards, guns drawn, to force him to play for Fidel Castro's people. That's right. And yes, and now if he's a grown man, and he years played old, that. He would be dead. They would have killed him. Yes. Probably could. They had get no mercy. Child. It's remarkable that he survived. Obama is a monster because before he left office, he he stopped the wet foot, dry foot. uh, I don't know if you call it an act or what did they call it, but he stopped it in a sense. uh, So what they were, what no one was allowed to do anymore was to help these Cubans who are escaping a tyrannical government, and they were to be sent back to assure death. Right, wet foot, dry foot has to do with if you get out of the ocean on the land, then you're free. Right, and we were, he before he left office, he instated that that was over. And the Cubans were outraged. And the people that were already at sea, God knows what happened to them, because who knows, I mean, it's a horrific thing. No, I mean, who... And then he flooded the border with um, 180,000 angry people into the country in the last couple of weeks of his presidency. Exactly. I don't know exactly what the figures are on that. Do you know how many people he flooded angry um, foreigners over the border during the last few weeks? Was it around 180,000, something like that? Well, it was definitely in the six figures, and you're right. I think it was very close to 200,000, maybe even over 200,000, but it's it's a shocking, you know, um, I mean, uh, a nauseating, nauseating figure. <laughs> so thank God for President Trump, because Trump's rounding all of them up, and he undid everything Obama put into place before he left. A very so how come Obama act. is still sitting in Washington down the street? How come that's um, happened? Nothing Where is he, about Paul? that. <laughs> Remember, you got to eat away at the pedophilia and these other things, and these guys will all get exposed. And do well, that. I believe it. In terms of the pedophilia situation, uh, let me toss in a couple of acronyms. I hate acronyms, but in this case, this is an important acronym. I call it NECMEC, N-C-M-E-C, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is now joining with the SORN, S-O-R-N organization, which is the Sex Offender Registry and Notification System. The two databases were not clearly connected. Now they're going to be connected. So at least uh, every state and the federal government will have Uh, its own listing. Now, if you so choose, there are services to whom you provide your zip code and you will get updates on the sex offenders in your particular area. The problem is that is a sex offender automatically a pedophile as well? All sex offenders pedophiles are all pedophile sex offenders. The syllogism only works in one direction. 
all, all, pedo- all pedophiles are sex offenders, but not all, all people- sex offenders are pedophiles. So that's a bit of a problem. Paul, I, I don't want people to go off, run around, pull, pull up their zip codes and stuff, because unfortunately part of the corruption is if you took a leak in a parking lot somewhere and they saw you do it, you're a sex offender. So really we want to make the distinction. I do not want you guys running out there finding out who the pedophiles are in your neighborhood and going over and throwing eggs at their houses. Because some of them, their biggest crime was they peed on a tree in a park. So well, that's, be- not, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is that if you want it, the data is available. It isn't there necessarily to enrage the public, but not- it is available, and it's better than it's nothing. accurate. Peeing in the park never should have made somebody a pedophile in the first place. We had a big oh. thing happen in the neighborhood where... Um, you know, you're was- absolutely right. There is a strong percentage of the listening that... Got less should, than two minutes strong percentage of the listing should not exist because uh, they're yeah, not they the sex exist. offenders. Somebody pointed a finger at them and they were listed as a sex offender. So uh, that's one of the abuses of the sex offender system. It doesn't well, alter the fact that pedophilia is a huge problem. Yeah, our radio yes. partners, company.com, happily200.com, Dr. Dr. James Murphy, John Denver, Dr. Joel Wallach, Tippy Edwin, Carol Channing, Deepak Chopra, John Wayne Chopra, Ed Asner, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman, and Esther Williams, Anne-Marie Eugene, Carol Jane Goodall, and Jonathan Gradoff, Chris Burgard, Paul the Plumber, Terry Cole Whitaker, Sherry St. Vincent, David R. Vincent of King David, Randy Shannon.com, Edward F. Group III, Shaleen Nightingale, and all Dr. Val, Val, Dr. all spelled out. Thanks to Paul C. Bragg for leaving this, your daughter, Patricia, to continue your work. A big thanks to our team at Voice America, Jess Benard, our producer, Ryan Treasure, Randy Jackman, Lonnie Hagen-Muller, our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitale, Mary Flynn, and Ron Simon, and our research director, Ron Hayes. To John Young at Totally Gospel, a big thanks for all your airtime and friendship you have given us over the years. And a big thanks to our webmaster, Joseph Chung. Merci beaucoup to Bet Magan for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People, which is available to use a free MP3. Uh, check out the facts. Make sure you know what you're up against. All the states are different. Uh, go for it. Feed us the information. Uh, John Wayne, uh, thank you for being here with us today. Uh, the team, you're incredible. Uh, have an amazing exploring week. Almost ordinary people here. Hear the music, feel the dance. You're not crazy anymore. Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you poor and through. Now your heart is